I'm Betsy Reed, and this is The Discomfort Practice, where I talk to creatives, activists, leaders, scientists, and a host of others about discomfort, about the role it's played in their lives, who they are and what they do in the world, and the value of discomfort in helping us move forward as a society. Discomfort is just the edge of your comfort zone, and on the other side are superpowers. So settle yourself in, and let's get uncomfortable. So welcome to season two of The Discomfort Practice. I am really, really honored and pleased to be here with Julia Dumovitz, who is an Austrian gold medalist snowboarder. But more importantly right now, she is also the founder of Remind Company. It's a tech company. They have created a really beautiful app, and the aim is to get the world breathing together for a minute a day. And if you notice any background noise, today we are recording in the home of Julia's co-founder here in Barcelona. So you might hear some clock ticking, a little bit of a refrigerator buzz behind us, but this is real life. So here we go. So I'm just going to introduce Julia, who is a fascinating person. And we've just been privileged to spend the day together. Well, I've been privileged to spend the day with Julia here in Barcelona. We had an impromptu beach boogie, um, dragged in some perfect strangers to our dance circle, but she's an extraordinary human. So Yulia Dumovitz is an Austrian Olympic snowboard gold medalist, as I mentioned. She's also a surfer and yoga instructor on a mission to make the world a better place. Yulia co-founded Remind Company, as I mentioned, to find her own mindfulness and flow, both as an athlete and an entrepreneur. As a professional athlete, and she's just come back out of retirement and is about to start competing again, she lives on the edge of her comfort zone. And I'm really excited to talk to her about living in discomfort, constantly challenging that as something that she loves that has made her excellent as an athlete. She started competing at the age of 11 and she'll tell us maybe a bit about how she actually comes from a part of Austria that doesn't have mountains. So having become a professional snowboarder is quite an undertaking and she's always pushed her edge to improve her performance and fulfill her dream of being the first Austrian to win an Olympic gold medal for snowboarding, which she did in 2014 in Sochi. She's regularly faced her fear and done it anyway. And she is truly one of the most fearless people it's been my pleasure to get to know. She said in a TEDx talk in 2017 that it turns out, I've just learned from talking to her, was one of her first big public appearances and also her first talk in English. And I've seen this talk and it's phenomenal. But she said in that talk, when you face into your fear and discomfort, sometimes you cry and sometimes you fly. So let's talk to Yulia about her experience of edginess as an athlete and now as an entrepreneur who's recently launched and is growing a movement to get the world breathing together for one minute every day. And when you get a billion people breathing at the same time, things change. So welcome, Yulia. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for this beautiful intro. Oh, it's always a pleasure to get to intro, well, anybody I've had on this podcast, because everyone is just a phenomenal human being who inspires me. So I always start with the same question, which is, what is an uncomfortable moment that has shaped who you are and what you do in the world? I always go with the feeling and what comes in my mind first. And what really shaped me was um, yeah, a huge accident in, in Austria where I lost my, my entire team. And I was only 13 um, and for sure it was like one of the most difficult things to go through. But 
it definitely made me to the person I am today and shaping this into yeah all the tragedy the pain the grief into a smile again <laughs> truly from mm. the heart was um, a long process and a journey what what was the tragedy that took place because it's kind of a big one yeah um it was the biggest accident in Austria since second world war so 155 people died in on the way up to a glacier in the mountain and I was standing in line with my brother but my brother decided let's take the gondola instead of of the railway and my whole like our whole team my best friends in that time they were all like big brothers to me mm. um died in this accident and it was just so many layers to this accident um and especially when you're young and seeing all of this life it's just um yeah it it takes the ground under your feet <laughs> and i questioned i questioned life in so many ways and where a lot of people would have stopped and never gone back to something that was related to so much pain in their lives, you actually decided to get back on a snowboard and go back to competition. How did that happen? I mean, was it that you were unstoppable and nothing could keep you from that? Or how did you work through that pain? Um, at the beginning, I thought I will never snowboard again because um, it felt like snowboarding, snowboarding took everything I loved, right? But then only after maybe three weeks, four weeks, I was thinking wow. about snowboarding. And two months later, actually, we were going back to the same mountain, facing the mountain again. <laughs> the first year, God, I, I was falling asleep with tears in my eyes and I was waking up with tears in my eyes. So it was really a tough time and took me long to... Yeah, to find my smile in snowboarding again, to have fun on a snowboard, but making the decision to face actually um, the pain and also just to continue with snowboarding, it always triggered all the things. Like snowboarding was the, the number one trigger mm. um, and it helped me to heal. Wow, so the source of a, a big trauma was also the thing that helped you to heal. and. Obviously, the road to Sochi must have involved so much discipline and discomfort and focus. I think this is probably a good moment to actually talk about vision and goal setting, because I know that's something you have a really beautiful point of view on. But talk us through vision setting. Yeah, for me, it's so important to, to feel the vision in my heart. And for example, with snowboarding, it was just this one moment and I knew, oh my God, I love this sport. And since I was young, um, my biggest dream was to, to win the Olympics. I never, never had a second or third place in my whole system. It just didn't exist. Um, it was always the vision of, of winning the gold medal. And it's kept me going every time when I was injured, I could see or visualize the Olympics. And just, um, it's so powerful. I love competition because actually not competing against each other, it's more like competing against myself in that moment of pressure to deliver and, and being able to, 
yeah to let go and that's the most beautiful thing about professional sports yeah that being in the unknown the flow state right you just had this big crazy goal and you felt it in every fiber of your being and then how did you get there and what were the moments of discomfort of of getting to sochi in 2014 yeah it was just a a journey right i (laughs) i started when i was 11 then you start with competitions and you become better and better and many challenges for sure. Then I missed, because of an injury, Vancouver Olympics. And this was my biggest goal. And I was so close. And then I had a hairline, hairline fracture on my head. <sighs> so I was not able to compete. And then I, I thought, okay, either way I stop or I go to the next competition and I really enjoy it. And if I enjoy it, I, I will continue. And then I, I finished third. So I had the place in, in the national team again. And um, yeah, and then I changed completely everything. I booked the flights to Maui. I was flying there alone for three months wow. um, just to figure out a different way of training. I spent almost the whole summer just outside um, doing different sports and also this aloha spirit i got into yoga and mm. yeah it helped me so much to to center myself and to stay focused to do what i love to do and not just following other footsteps um, mm. made me so much stronger do you have a comfort zone then <laughs> that makes me wonder in the last two years if i'm honest i was like oh my god i'm out of my comfort zone every day that it feels like my new comfort zone to be out of the comfort zone. I retired in a live interview at the last Olympics. I didn't even know before I stopped. And it was just this moment of clarity. But same time I started Remind and I had this vision. And I'm, I was not looking for becoming an entrepreneur. You know, it was not something I was prepared for. So. Um, I had this vision and it was similar with snowboarding. Mm. It just touched my heart so deeply that I thought, okay, this is something I would fight for. Uh, life is always giving you opportunities and it's only showing up in your life because you're ready for it, even mm. though it's like a challenge. Let's talk about flow state because a, a lot of people will be aware of it, but they don't necessarily know what it is and they won't know how athletes use it to get into a place of peak performance and talk us through your maybe your process of getting into flow state or how you use it because I imagine it's quite second nature by now but yeah if you can kind of break it down a how it is for you what what is flow state for you flow state for me it's god it's so healing I guess it's this connection to everything and you don't really realize what's going on it's, for example, at the Olympics, when I finished across the finish line, I was like, whoa, <laughs> I can, cannot even remember the run. But it's always about focus. I need to have a clear plan what's going to happen exactly every step. I need to be really, really good prepared. Like, Mentally, physically, everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, physically, sometimes you can just overcome the physical part with with mental work. But Mm -hmm. for sure, I need to have this plan and structure in my head. 
I just focused, for example, at, uh, at the Sochi Olympics, I, I focused on, yeah, focus and line. That's important for me because that's one of my mistakes. So there's an ease to it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And just staying in the line. Mm. And then I had this mantra, focus, line, focus, line, to really focus on. And then there's always this moment of letting go. So you have to make the decision in that moment, okay, you know, I'm, I'm not the driver of my car, right? I just let go because if I'm honest, I have no idea how to win the Olympics. But when I let go, something bigger is just um, working for me and knows better. It takes a lot of trust. Being the big final of riding for gold and you know this was or is the biggest dream um, since you're a little child and putting, I don't know how many thousands of hours of training. And now actually you have the next 45 seconds to make it happen. <laughs> so there's a lot of pressure. Wow. And in that moment, uh, you need to let go. Mm, so it's about trusting yourself, trusting the process, trusting what? I think it's, the trust that you, you've done everything you could do for this moment. There is nothing more I could have done than the superpower is just to be. So the superpower is to just be. That's not a message most people would probably expect. It's about doing and training hard. No. <laughs> yeah, because for me, if you have a, a goal, a big goal, you, you always should have like this big unbelievable goal or vision, I think. And when you align yourself to this vision or goal and you just let go, I believe that life is just guiding you towards this goal. And for sure, I mean, you will face challenges. And if the goal is big, you, you will face big challenges. <laughs> but all of, all of the challenges, they will set you up to to reach your goal and I faced many injuries and two days before I won the Olympics actually this was my biggest one of my biggest fails in my life like if I didn't even know what what rank I finished then I was going through this unbelievable pain of failure and I was just crying for two hours <laughs> But then you have to make this decision that, um, you know, there's another competition in two days, but you need to recover from the failure. And so I did my mental techniques um, to delete all the negative emotions or to reset. From that moment on, I, I just thought, okay, no, I, I just need to be myself and just go out there and get it home, right? <laughs> just do the work, get it done. I think that's important to know that it's just sometimes you think you need to do something special. It's enough to, to do just your best. What is your technique for resetting? Because when we fail, when, when we, we feel the fear, when things get on top of us, that settles into our body and our minds, right? So you have a technique for what? Letting that go or resetting. Yeah. I think it's important to just um, at the beginning, just be with the emotion, right? And mm. I, I definitely, I, I watched 
the final in the Austrian house and we had like lunch and I watched the Snow White final and I was like, oh my God, what's happening, right? And I just, I, I couldn't stop crying anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I was just done. Um, but that was important. It, it was important to just realize, okay, this was very painful and I don't want to go through the same pain in two days. <laughs> so I will be better. And there are some mental techniques you can use. One is called eye movement. It's just deleting your emotion in that moment. And you just uh, go into this. Actually, you go into the pain and then you do the eye movement technique. And I was sitting somewhere in the back in the Austin house between boxes. And um, my mental coach back home, he was just guiding me through um, eye movement stuff to let go. I really had to reset myself and then to make a plan. And yeah, that's important to have this plan. <laughs> this is truly interesting and inspiring, but I think there are also ways that this can be related to people who aren't elite athletes. You know, there are ways we can reprogram ourselves. You know, a lot of us stay in our trauma over family backgrounds or past relationships or work situations. This is something that anyone has access to. We're talking about eye movement techniques. You can Google that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. There are really some, most of the time, the simple techniques are the most powerful and it's always, for me, I figured out it's it's the decision, right? Mm -hmm. It's the decision of, oh, I want to feel so sorry for myself the next, the rest of my life, <laughs> right? Or I make the decision, okay, I can't be sorry for myself, but I can also change the situation. You just need to make the decision. You take one one fork in the road or the other. It's the difference between becoming a gold medalist or being that bitter old grandma who has this story about how they went to the Olympics once. You know, it's sort of you can choose to go one way or the other. Because you are you're now back to training and you're getting ready to compete. And I know that you had a really big injury two weeks ago. Yeah. 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 Talk us through that discomfort of getting back back at it. Yeah, I really believe that. As I said, that life is just setting me up. I mean, I have a clear vision. <laughs> um, but I always go with the biggest vision. I would lie if I say, okay, my, my goal is to compete at the next Olympics. I would not do all of this if competing at the next Olympics is my goal. Um, so for sure. <laughs> your goal is to win the next yeah, Olympics. Yeah, sure the goal to win the next Olympics. Because, yeah, it gives me this time thanks to go for example through this injury because i know this injury might set me up to win the next olympics and um but i got it it took me um into deep healing the last two weeks only to get injured um yeah so in injuries for sure they're painful and this was really really painful so i i screamed like five minutes it was very painful um but same time i've learned like the big message from this injury was for me not being competitive during competing what's the alternative to being competitive in a competition people will ask <laughs> 
yeah as i said i think it's it's more about just getting into this flow state that's way more important than competing against someone else and i know exactly when i get into flow state i will be my best version but when i just look to another athlete and getting competitive and i'm like oh my god i'm too slow or whatever um it kicks me out of my flow state it kicks me out of my trust it's yeah and it's not about being better than mm. someone else for me it's more like having this connection to to nature being in peace with this mountain and just enjoying i guess this yeah this ride the ride and just being ah that's beautiful the superpower of being again you do best when you're in flow state just focused on being present being just being it's a i mean it's it's an amazing feeling to to win and cross the finish line first for sure but to be able to win and crossing the finish line first i i know i need to get into flow state you're an expert in flow state because it's so a part of how you compete how does that affect other parts of your life yeah the last two years they were so magical <laughs> and these are two years without competition right? yeah yeah because i i decided to to tap into this flow state like just every day all day <laughs> and right now it feels like i don't even know what time is anymore or living in in a timeline is is anymore and just having visions and letting go um opens up so many doors and i couldn't imagine like two years ago being today at this place doing what i do god <laughs> it was not possible to imagine yeah i i remember sitting on maui on the beach and i had the feeling of coming back to the olympics but i just retired and i was like no 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 for sure not right i'm not going back and then i was writing a list of things which needs to happen first that i start thinking about going back to the olympics so i was writing this list and then i said okay now i will just let go and if it happens it happens if no no <laughs> but yeah so many amazing things happened somehow i ended up on necker island i got to meet sir richard branson i i met uh ramdas by coincidence oh on my beach gosh. in maui then and ramdas died in 2020 so yeah, wow you could meet yeah. ramdas that's incredible and then i was at the premiere of his film and then i got with this whole community i decided okay now i go to india and then ramdas really was um mm. wow i didn't even know him before because he's not so big in in europe yes yeah, yeah but he really kind of changed a lot in my life i guess and i got more and more into the spiritual journey and kriya yoga but somehow everything just happened by by just doing nothing i have the feeling i I started this whole company. For sure it's a lot of work, um but I enjoy I enjoyed so much and just 
staying focused on on the vision and the line the team around the vision um it's just beautiful i love that you describe it as the line exactly like a snowboarder <laughs> you would expect like, let's choose our line let's let's picture where we're going with this so where what is your vision for remind this beautiful tech company this beautiful movement of getting the world breathing together as i mentioned i kind of i somehow ended up on necker island and i <laughs> i was so jet lagged and i was going out to the beach at five in the morning and did my meditation and during that i yeah i had this beautiful vision i could clearly see the planet just inhaling and exhaling inhaling and exhaling and i was like wow imagine a world coming together every day just for a minute and breathe together imagine this alignment because i'm all about alignment and and focus in a way so imagine a world being aligned just a minute a day it's it's so powerful because it's so difficult to stay focused i think if you can stay focused for one minute you yeah you're good yeah. <laughs> right um well and anybody who joined yeah. us for that breath at the beginning that minute of breath just reflect on how easy or difficult that was and you're not alone either way yeah but yeah that idea of doing anything together as a humanity for one minute is really powerful and and the idea of being able to connect by just knowing that other people are doing the same thing at the same time and breathing the simplest thing it's accessible it's just it's human yeah it's beautiful well, it's not and, just human it's everything and also i mean i experienced moments in my life where i couldn't breathe right and everyone goes through tough times and when you know okay there's just a community breathing every day and i can just join and maybe i cannot breathe in that moment because it's too tough um this community will help you heal and i think that's just yeah it's, uh, it's a big vision um beautiful but i believe i mean you always have to follow follow your vision i was not looking for this idea it's it was just there and then it was in my heart <laughs> and now uh -huh. i'm just um yeah do everything i can to stay in this flow of mm. just being again <laughs> but i think that's the most important thing to to understand also with yoga because i'm a yoga teacher as well um it's not about being in an, a in a powerful yoga class and for sure it's good for your body and everything but it's really about being present being present in that moment. And the easiest way to get there is to start to breathe. Mm. And the easiest way to heal yourself is just to be present and be connected. And I think following this very difficult year of being very still, enforced stillness for a lot of people, hearing that message from somebody who is an Olympic gold medalist is going to be powerful. It's going to reach people where to hear from somebody who's as high an achiever as you and as visible as you that just being is powerful is a message that a lot of people aren't going to need to hear because we live in a doing world and we're just really starting to understand the power of being because we've been told all of our lives that the way to achieve things is by doing things, by getting a job, by having a plan. 
And you're saying, let go of the plan and have a vision. And also let go of the doing and just be. And that's when the power happens. That's when the magic happens. That's when the flow happens. I think that's just a really beautiful and important message. So what led you back to the decision to compete again? Yeah, it was a heart over mind's decision for sure. Mm. And yeah, it happened that my life kind of aligned that I was able to come back. And yeah, we launched Remind in, in the summer. So I thought, okay, we got this big vision somehow on the ground. For sure, there are many, many, many more steps to go, but it's not only a vision anymore, there is something. <laughs> uh, you can open up an app and you can breathe every day. Mm -hmm. So having done that, I, I was like, okay, now I think I can focus more on snowboarding again. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it happened that I, I, I was with the national team one day and they said, okay, if you want, you can join our training. And I was like, yeah, maybe I do that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then I was very fast, right? I was like, wow, I, I still can do it. <laughs> I still got it. <laughs> and then I, yeah, I gave my time, uh, myself time, especially time to heal and to realign my body. And yeah, it feels so easy right now, but like being on a snowboard, it feels like so, I don't know, it's so different. It's so different than in my, let's say first career because there I was for sure fighting a lot for it. And at the beginning, the first years, um, I mean, you, you need to put a lot of time into your training and you need to learn, you, you have to crash. Mm. And now it feels like I know what I'm doing. I just, yeah, I just need to be there. And yeah, there's so much more ease. And yeah, I hope I can get this into competition. The yes. same feeling of the training. Um, that's, that's for sure a big goal. Oh, that's beautiful. And also because of your age and where you are, you are at the peak of fitness, you are at an age when a lot of people are at their prime. So you're about to hit competition again. You said a couple of interesting things, one of which was when we were talking about your injury, about how you know that this is all just taking you where you need to be. This is taking you toward winning another Olympics. And then you also said you have to crash to learn. And I thought both of those were really beautiful observations from somebody who's very believable about it, because this is truly something that works for you. What did you mean by all of these things are taking you toward your goal, your vision? Yeah, you have to believe, I guess. I mean, when you set your goal, you, you need to make this commitment and say, okay, this is my goal. I have no second option. It's in my whole system. I have no second option. That means if I put all my energy towards this goal, um, my body or whatever universe, you can call it whatever you want to call it, will just lead me towards this goal, right? And mm. I, I will learn whatever I need to learn. 
Mm, so where an injury might stop someone and make them think, well, my career is over, or maybe the universe is telling me this isn't for me. You're like, no, I have this vision. I have this purpose. This is part of it. This is part of the journey. Is that more or less it? Yeah, I think when you commit for something, you should go the whole way um, because it, it's not like, okay, I'm going to win the Olympics and then you just go there and you win the Olympics. It's, it's not how it happens. There's a big difference between winning or getting second, third, just a medal or to just be at the Olympics. It's just a complete different mindset because if you, for example, commit on winning, the whole journey is different because I need to, to face all my doubts, all my fears. And I don't know if I can win, but I, I know having the goal of winning will lead me so much closer to win than, for example, having the goal of just medal. If I would crash just a little bit without any pain, without nothing happening, Maybe I would not change my mindset. But after this crash, after two hours, I was like, no, <laughs> not again. Right? This was um, a clear, like, stop, rethink, and trust, and not go back into these old habits. And yeah, I think it's powerful to listen to your body. It's always guiding you towards healing. I think that's the overall goal, right? Yeah. For everyone to just um, be happy and heal your body and just go with happiness. Um, but all of that needs, like, yeah, needs courage to face fears. Mm. And going into discomfort quite often because we think we need to avoid it. We think discomfort is something bad. We're we program ourselves and also our nervous systems are programmed to avoid discomfort and the unknown and change. But you are one of those people who just crashes into it. You, you eat it for breakfast, just making it part of your, how you exist. You're a really beautiful example. And just sitting here with you, you just have this beautiful softness to you. And if anybody, I'll leave the TEDx uh, link in the show notes. If people want to watch Julia's TEDx talk, but I'm certain that you've gotten from this conversation. Yeah, the softness and the flow, there is this really powerful femininity to it. And I say that as sort of talking about divine masculine, divine feminine that we all have within ourselves. And the feminine is about flow and just being and stillness. Whereas, you know, that sort of masculine, go out and uh, do it, can sometimes be misplaced. And it's interesting to hear this from somebody who's a competitor and who's as successful as you are, but it's just a really beautiful, illustration that the world needs right now. As we see the success of countries that have had female leaders with COVID and see the rise of more female leaders and the necessity of this beautiful softness in otherwise traditionally hard places like politics, like competition, I think that's a really beautiful message to leave with people. Just an observation, but being soft is not weak and that you can be quite powerful just settling into stillness and being yourself. When you're able to push yourself, you also have to learn the opposite, right? So you all also have to learn to just sit still. And I really know how to push myself. Um, I've done this many years. 
but now I'm same comfortable and just if you say to me okay you have to meditate all day long I'm like okay I can do it (laughs) I love actually to do it like meditation is such an amazing tool of adventure your inside it's, it's similar than adventure the world just inside of you and yeah you can experience both yeah the beauty of fear the beauty of pain but you realize that at the end i mean it's all this feeling of connection so it just needs to to heal yourself and to go deep mm. and to be honest and yeah so i love pushing but i love the stillness and yeah it's it's just a balance yeah or just to have the tools to to, to choose that's a beautiful way to put it to have the tools to choose the softness of the pushing oh i think that's a beautiful thing to leave people with so i will make sure that i put a link to the remind app in the show notes so if people are interested please do download the app it's easy it's free i'm on there leading a one minute breathing session every day there's someone incredible from somewhere in the world leading a live breath session and it's only going to continue growing with more content and more offers. So watch this space. Well, thank you so much for your time, Yulia, for your energy, for your insight, for your generosity. It has been a pleasure and people have no doubt enjoyed listening to this. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you to my team who helped me produce this podcast, to my brilliant editor, Dimitar Tsvetkov, to Thomas Sheffer for the original music, and to Luis Amaro for the original artwork. If you enjoy this podcast, you can help me reach new listeners by leaving me a five-star and written review on Apple Podcasts, following me on Spotify, or anywhere else you love to listen to podcasts. You can also follow me on Instagram at TheBetsyReed. That's B-E-T-S-Y-R-E-E-D. If you're interested in bonus episodes and guided meditations I record regularly, head over to Patreon.com and become a supporter. For the price of a coffee each month, you get access to a community. So there's really only one thing left to say. Thank you for spending time with me. Stay uncomfortable.